I'm Heather. And I'm Corey. And this is Movie Shelf, where we talk about movies and movie trivia and just about anything related to pop culture. In today's episode, we're talking about the new Clint Eastwood movie, The Mule. We'll also chat about some upcoming movies that we're excited for and talk about our picks of the week. And of course, enjoy a side of bacon. Bacon. All right, Corey, plain and simple. Did you like or not like The Mule? Wasn't too crazy about this one. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. My reaction is kind of meh. Meh. (laughs) <laughs> well, first off, let's talk a little bit about the movie. Okay. Or what it is. The movie yes. is a fictional story, I believe, that's inspired by a story. Yeah, inspired a by story. a true story. Yeah. And it follows the character Earl Stone, who is, a, I guess, a horticulturalist. Is that, is that a fancy way of saying a flower guy? Yeah, he's a flower okay. guy. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to get that clear. He's a flower guy. Okay. Um, and apparently he has consistently chosen work um, and socializing of work um, over his family. Yes. Pretty pretty far and, and wide on that. I and probably to extremes that most people would not even consider a, a, a workaholic because... Most workaholics would at least attend their daughter's or granddaughter's wedding or something like that, but he just takes it to a whole nother level. Yeah. Um, so, and, and of course, this is now to the point then that his family basically has, you know, rejected him or banned him even from their lives, with the exception of the granddaughter. The, yeah, granddaughter, the granddaughter still has hopes of she pulling him back into the family. So now this guy, he's in his 80s. And he gets the opportunity to drive cargo. Well, let's, let's let's back up just a little bit. So his business fails first, right? So the his workaholic. Internet. So he gets the opportunity to drive cargo, um, unknown cargo, I guess you could say, for um, a pretty large and dominant drug cartel. Yeah, that'd be my way of saying it, I guess. <laughs> Yes. Um, And apparently this cartel, though, is also being investigated by the FBI. Um, And Earl actually proves to be quite a successful mule. So that is pretty much the premise, I guess you could say, of the movie. Because you figure the last guy that the FBI is going to be looking for is an 80-year-old retired guy in a brand new sparkling pickup truck. (laughs) So for me, I think my biggest issue with the film is that I think it lacks a hero. I don't think there's really anyone in the film that I'm rooting for. You know, Earl is kind of quirky, but he's not, he's not really somebody I want to be friends with because he's just not one of those guys. He's he's kind of a dirtbag. I mean, if, if that's putting it, Accurately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there might be a glimmer, just a sliver of, you know, hope in a sense for the movie, um, of him kind of coming around. But still, he's just, you know, he's just a guy. And he's a guy that likes to be the life of a party. Um, not necessarily the party of his families. <laughs> no. His work buddies and his veteran buddies, if you will. Yeah. And then even the FBI, you're kind of like, I don't, I mean... I think I, I was excited because Bradley Cooper is in the movie. So Bradley Cooper is the FBI person. And if we if we didn't mention it, I don't think I did mention it. But Earl Stone is played by Clint Eastwood, who of course also directed the the film. Yes. And I was I was really excited for Bradley Cooper because I do like Bradley Cooper. 
And I was just kind of, you know, eh, with his role. Yeah, and good. also a fan of Loris Fishburne, who plays Brad Cooper's boss. But, you know, he has a, a small role in the movie as yeah. well. Um, and actually, even Andy Garcia, he's in the, the movie as well. And I feel like I haven't seen him in a long time. So it was, it was nice to see him. Um, and Diane Weist is also in the film. She's the ex-wife, I guess, or the wife of Earl Stone. Or the mom of the family. The mom movie. of the family. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so it really, to me, lacks a hero. There's really no one I'm wanting to root for. You know, sometimes you see movies of, like, people committing crimes, and you, you kind of start rooting for them because they're doing it for a noble cause, or I don't know, and, and yeah. while you never want to truly root for crime by any means, you, you want, you know, you, you hope that something will be okay for them. Which is to be reflected in our picks the week later on. Yeah, it kind of also reminds me of the movie Heat, which is, if it's a movie, it's Pacino and De Niro. And um, I believe Pacino is the cop and De Niro is the criminal, but I can't remember. Yeah, it's might been be... a long time since I've seen oh. it, but yeah. But I think that's the way it is. And... And you kind of, you know, you know that De Niro and his crew are doing bad things and they're bad, you know, they're, they're committing crime. Yet you still kind of root for them because you get to know them and you like them and, and who knows. Um, but, in a, but that didn't have happen in this movie. In this movie, you're just kind of like, oh, okay. It's just, I'm looking at this story and that's about it. You know, I'm, I didn't gain anything from this movie, I feel like. And because this, you know... Directed and acting, Clint Eastwood, you want to like the guy, yeah. but that never comes across. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, for me, the the character Earl just really didn't have any redeeming qualities. And I don't think we got enough of Bradley Cooper as the FBI agent to really get attached to him. You know, he's just yeah. an FBI agent. And there, I, I think we could have either had more of him to latch on to his story a little bit more. Or still not have anything of him and maybe alter the character of Earl a little bit more so we can latch on to Earl. So, Corey, what, what's kind of your biggest hang-up, I guess, with the film? Uh, okay, so we talked about this and we've talked about how much of this I'm going to reveal. So I'm going to try and keep a lid on this to the, for the yes, most he's part. he's trying not to provide spoilers. Yeah, to not put this in spoilers, but, but the, the FBI, they, 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 you know, spend probably hundreds of thousands into this project to try and take down the cartel. And at the end of the movie, they praised with what they accomplished to be this huge success. But all they did was take out this little tiny cog in this machine of the cartel, which the cartel can easily replace and just replace it with another little cog of their own, and the machine just keeps running. So to me, they didn't end up didn't do anything, even though they pat themselves on the back in this huge amount of, oh, yay, huge blow to the cartels. Like, no, not really. <laughs> Or at least that's how it felt in the film. Yeah. I think when we were leaving, um, after we had seen the, the movie, as we were leaving, I think we determined that we felt it was mis the, the it was just misfocused. So the focus wasn't quite right, or yeah. that's how we felt. Um, I'm not totally sure how everything gets operated in real life or the FBI, but... Um, but in the scope of this story, all they did was just remove a little tiny cog that is just so easily replaced. Yeah. And then the machine just keeps it was, going. It, it just kind of felt like they were focused on a little thing rather than the big picture. Yeah. Um, I do I, I do get, and I don't want to 
reveal too much because, again, spoilers, I do think I understand maybe why they were wanting to get that little cog. Yeah, and I understand your your, your understanding of it as well. <laughs> we're speaking in such, such you know, code, code. here. <laughs> All right, so... Without further delay, what's the verdict? Doesn't I think we know the answer, oh, but yes. does it make the shelf or not? It doesn't make the physical shelf, not even the digital shelf. <laughs> and you know, if I'm browsing through channels and it's on, I'm probably not even gonna flip to it. Yeah. So it's not on my shelf either. So this is, I think, our first official, flat out. No, it doesn't make the shelf. Yeah. At least I think so. I'm not sure. And, you know, we haven't introduced this before, but your dad has his movie grading system. Yes. And just to give a really quick rundown on it, it's like A, B, and C, basically, which A is a movie (laughs) that he loves, and he'll watch it over and over. B is a movie that was worth watching. He enjoyed watching it, but for certain reasons, not going to watch it again. And then C, a movie he wished he had not seen in the first place. And if I was to use that grading system, I would give this movie a B minus. <laughs> I could have gone without seeing it. Yeah, which is which is disappointing because I think you and I both—definitely well, me—I assume we both did though. We had high expectations. Yes. We wanted to see it. You want to like the guy? It looked super interesting. <laughs> but again, I was just kind of left. Ugh. Which I will say, sometimes I don't like having good expectations for or high expectations for films. It's, I'd rather either have no expectations or low expectations. Um, But I had high expectations, and they were definitely not met. And now it is time for our picks of the week. As you were mentioning earlier, we do our picks kind of based on or inspired by the, the film we saw. So, my pick is Hell or High Water. And I had to re- refrain from talking about this movie and talking about The Mule when we were talking about, you know, this is a guy you that the movie kind of makes you want to like, but you don't want to like. But, yeah, your pick of the week is definitely a movie where you're rooting for the bad guys <laughs> because they're sticking it to the evilness of the banks that, well, you know, we, 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 portrayed we, in the we movie. like banks but and we need <laughs> banks. But, you know, in my personal opinion, banks will sometimes do some shady things to you know just ruin people and you know get their property back so that they can sell it again and so forth yeah well this is yeah they're they're definitely dealing with some bank issues and tax issues so it has chris pine and ben foster and jeff bridges they're the three main actors for the film chris pine and ben foster play brothers and they go on a series of bank heists um, and you learn a little bit more of the ultimate plan of what this is for um, through, you know, throughout the movie. Um, Chris Pine, he is divorced. He has a wife and a son. And and so you kind of learn about some of his motivation on what he's doing. Um, it's a really cool movie. I feel like it takes place in Texas, but I could be inventing that. I'm pretty sure it takes place in Texas. Um, but Jeff Bridges, he plays... Oh, that's wrong. Because he's got the... Or maybe they came from Texas. I can't remember what it was. But anyway... Um, Jeff Bridges plays the the law enforcement. I don't think he was a local. I think he came from somewhere. Either a federal or maybe a Texas Ranger yeah, or something. Something like sure. that. <laughs> but, anyway. he, he, but I love his mannerisms in the movie. Yeah. Almost channels a little bit of his true grit personality and his yes. lawmaker Which is <laughs> or also lawkeeper. A good movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's a Texas Ranger and, and he comes in to investigate these bank robberies and try to track down and and it's it's a it's a really good film so i do recommend it yes it is my pick of the week which is also on the theme of 
a bad guy that you just kind of want to root for is Catch Me If You Can. <laughs> Another Spielberg classic, in my opinion. Yes, that's a really fun one. So why, why do you like this one? Well, it's, it's definitely based on a true story. This guy that just finds all the insecurities of the system and takes advantage of them. <laughs> yeah. At least at that time. Yeah. So um, with, I think the, because he uses checks and that's what yes. kind of is the domino effect of yes. his mastermind. And another awesome actor from Tom Hanks, of course. Mm-hmm. And Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. So if you do like the cat and mouse kind of films, only catch me if you can. Um, it is a really great Spielberg film. It's a really great Tom Hanks film. One of uh, my favorites. It's really great for Leonardo DiCaprio. It has Christopher Walken as well. And, um, and you got the cool upon top of it being based on a true story, which just makes it even yes. all the more incredible yeah. aspect of the movie. It's a crazy story. All right. So those are our picks of the week. Definitely check them out. All right, so when we went to see The Mule, we, of course, um, took notes of some of the coming soon features that are headed our way. So here are a few that stuck out for us. The first is Arctic. And it's it, it looks cold. And, like, the whole movie is just all white. And this is your kind of another basic survival movie? Yeah. Okay. The, the quick synopsis is that it's a man who's stranded in the Arctic after an airplane crash. And he has to decide whether to stay in the camp or trek and try to find his way out. I feel like I've already seen this movie when I watched The Mountain Between Us. but <laughs> I did not see that movie. But um, but it also reminded me of Island in the... Or the, the plot, I guess, reminded me of Island in the Sky, which is John Wayne. And it's an awesome movie. So that could be a bonus pick of the week. But this movie, the thought that kind of kept on running through my mind as I was watching the trailer is just that... I don't know if my dad could watch this movie. It might be too cold for him. Because he has this. He he gets cold just watching cold movies. It'll trigger too many painful flashbacks. Yeah. Good old military Frostbite excursions. <laughs> so another, um, the other trailer, or one of the other trailers we saw is Vice. And oh, this is the story yes. of Dick Cheney and, you know, becoming vice president for um, George W. Bush. Amazing yeah. cast. That's from what we can tell so far. Yeah. It looks like a great cast. It looks like it's from the same... I believe the director, I think it's Adam McKay, of The Big Short. And so, of course, so. there's some similar casting there. Um, but it's an unrecognizable Christian Bale playing Dick Cheney. Yeah, so every time I see this trailer, I've seen this trailer several times now, and every time I have to re-find out who's playing Cheney, because I do not see Bale. Yeah, I think you'll keep on learning, <laughs> leaning over and like, who is that? Yeah, who, who's playing him again? Oh, man, I can't believe it. It doesn't look like him. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, Sam Rockwell, who is he's really cool. Um, I like Sam Rockwell, but he's playing George W. Bush. Yes. Um, I know Steve Carell's in there. I know um, Amy Adams is playing um, Dick Cheney's wife. I just can't remember her first name. But, yeah, it looks like it'll be very interesting. I I'm, I guess I don't know really the, the story, the, the true stories of what's going on. It's too much, I guess, other than I knew Dick Cheney was the vice president. And definitely know about the hunting story. That made the news. <laughs> um, but um, so I don't know how truly accurate all this is, and but it looks fascinating. Um, so we'll definitely be checking that out. It was either trying to expose some dirt that or responsibilities that the vice president gains in this movie. Yeah, something or like something. That. All right. So our one of the last trailer we're going to talk about, I'll let Corey really describe. It's Godzilla. 
King uh, of Monsters. Yes. Okay, so as a little boy, I grew up watching every Godzilla movie on TV that I could. I was, you know, I had this childhood fascination with Godzilla. And this, you know, and when, the, I have to say, when the Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie came out, <laughs> huge disappointment. I thought it was awful and just terrible. But then when they remade Godzilla... I don't think there was even like a Godzilla 2000, which was also not very good. But the, mo- the more recent Godzilla movie, you know, Brian Cranston, Ken Watanabe, Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and that was awesome. I mean, this movie brought back the nostalgia that yeah. I had as a child growing up watching the classic Godzilla movies because finally they redid it correctly where, you know, Godzilla was like protecting the people from these other monsters, not this monster running through the city that we're just trying to kill. Mm-hmm. And now, with this new one, they are pulling all the stops and they're putting like almost all these classic Godzilla villains all in one movie. <laughs> and this, uh, I mean, this almost seems like how we're anticipating Avengers to be a disaster because normally it's a disaster when you put so many heroes in one movie, but it worked. It was amazing. And I hope that they're going to pull the same thing off with this one where they're pulling in so many villains and I just hope it's going to work. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it will also be amazing because normally when a movie tries to do that, it just doesn't work out well, Mm -hmm. but... Oh, yeah, excitement level's high. It looks good. Um, so, yeah, so that looks like it'll be fine. It'll be... And I, I know when I watched the more recent one, so the prequel to this one, I guess. The awesome one. Yeah. <laughs> um, just the, the way the monsters looked was really cool. Like, when yes. Godzilla lit up, it's like, <laughs> so exciting. Um, and it was really funny because we had my parents over, I think it was back in August. And, you know, probably at the time that, you know, we were done with lunch and ready to move on with our days. They were probably getting ready to leave, maybe. Yeah, we had the TV on, and Godzilla was playing. It was just on mute, but it was playing, and my mom just became entranced, and then we had to finish it. (laughs) So she's definitely all about those big monster action movies as well, and she's very (laughs) pro-Godzilla. So we do have a little update for you guys. Um, a while back, I believe in episode two, when we talked about Green Book, one of the trailers, the, the coming soon movies we talked about was They Shall Not Grow Old, which is a film by, it's like a documentary film by Peter Jackson. And we got to see it. We saw it last week and I highly recommend it. It was, it blew away any expectations I had. I was yes, super definitely. excited to get to see it. Um, and it was fun. We um, or nice. We got to take my dad and my mom um, to go see it. And my dad was instantly blown away by the film as well. And he, he's ready to go try to buy it so you can keep on watching it. It is amazing to see what modern science is able to do with 100-year-old footage. Yeah, the t- technology aspect of it is absolutely fascinating. But then the historical story that is being told is equally, if not more, absolutely fascinating. And we contemplated dedicating a whole other movie show to it, but, you know, we decided not to, but we're definitely saying catch it when you can. Yeah. It, it may eventually be, it'll definitely be on my dad's movie shelf um, yeah. <laughs> at some point if it, if it ever becomes possible. The only bummer about it is that it's a special engagement film. So it was only shown on the 17th and, and today, today, the day we are actually recording. <laughs> so not, not the day you're listening. Um, so hopefully it'll be available 
on video in some aspect. Yeah, or something. So I do recommend it. I think World War One is yeah. often, not, well, maybe not often, but for me at least, it was a it's a war that is not always as talked about or so you know, seen well, yeah, or visualized. Like big blockbuster movies is always World War Two for some mm-hmm. reason. So it was definitely very eye opening for me to watch this and hear those stories. Um, that are being told by the veterans themselves. Because yeah, all the narration is from the soldiers. Yeah. Um, and actually, one thing that was really cool when we saw the film, Peter Jackson gave an introduction to the film, kind of what the inspiration was and his charge for the film to be. And then he gave, at the end of the film, kind of a half-hour explanation of how they did things. Um, or so why that was, they did things. You know, yeah. why they did not cover the, yes. the seafare, the Air Force, and everything. Yeah. Just, yeah. So definitely, we do recommend to check that out, and it's definitely movie shelf material. And now, it's time for a side of bacon. Mmm, bacon. Alright, so last episode, we um, came up with Nicolas Cage to yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger for our side of bacon. So for me, for whatever reason, I was totally... I wasn't blinking on Schwarzenegger movies. Because there's tons of movies. I was blinking on Schwarzenegger movies with other people. Yes, because normally when he's in a movie, he's like the guy, and everybody else is almost nobody. Yeah. So I I pretty much for Schwarzenegger just got stuck on True Lies, which is an awesome movie. Definitely. With, with a decent support cast. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. There's Bill Paxton. Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold, yes. So. So I went Arnold Schwarzenegger to Tom. Sorry, Arnold Schwarzenegger to Bill Paxton in True Lies, uh, which Bill Paxton, his character in that film, is so funny. And then I went Bill Paxton back to Apollo 13, which we used before, to Ed Harris, and then Ed Harris to Nicolas Cage in National Treasure 2. So I got it in three movies. And, and that's just at some point, you could also went Schwarzenegger to Bill Paxton in the original Terminator. Yes. <laughs> could have gone that route too. Bill Paxton played a thug. Street thug that died really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is also a movie shelf movie. Yes. So. Great movie. Okay, so when I made my connection, I spent forever <laughs> in my head because, okay, last action hero, Schwarzenegger movie, but you want to talk about amazing support cast. I mean,. <laughs> Everybody had a cameo in this movie. And I became so fixated on linking from this movie to Nicolas Cage. And I, man, I just, for the life of me, could not do it in three or, or, or less movies. And I was convinced I could. I tried over and over and over in my head. You know, this person made a cameo, this person made a cameo. <laughs> so I, I, and all of a sudden, a, a different aspect struck me. So I ended up starting with a Schwarzenegger movie where Schwarzenegger himself was a cameo <laughs> in the movie. Yep. And that's the movie Dave, where's the guy, which I love the movie, the guy who accidentally becomes president. Yeah. And it's hilarious. And Schwarzenegger makes a cameo appearance in that movie. You know, well, I you know he had done a small part, but yeah, I, I'm considered a glorified cameo. <laughs> but uh, one of the other main guys in this movie was the the the, the main security or uh, secret service Agent 2, mm-hmm. the pretend <laughs> yeah. president, which was Ving Rhames, 
Mm-hmm. We love him. We love him in all the Mission Possible movies and everything. He's a favorite of ours. And I get a kick out of the fact that he's the the computer guy in Mission Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> this big buff guy is the computer guy. The guy who would be the, the best fighter against bashing down the enemy spy. But no, he just stays behind the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess so now. So we got Schwarzenegger, Deving Rames, and Dave. Mm-hmm. And then we got Ving Rames to Nicolas Cage and Con Air. Yes, so you got it in two movies. Yes. So you beat me again. (laughs) All right, so that was really good. Those are all great movies that we've mentioned, so definitely check them out. So for this week's Side of Bacon, I'm going with Chris Pine. Oh, interesting. That makes it interesting with the person that I picked. So Chris Pine and the person I picked, we've talked about him in several movie links and several different movies. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, close. Tom Hanks, Coast Guard. They were in some movies together. And also we talked about Tom Hanks with Catch Me As You. Catch Me If You Can. So that's my pick of the week. All right. Sounds good. So we're connecting Chris Pine to Tom Hanks. Yeah, that should be interesting. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening to Movie Shelf. We hope you enjoy our chats, our movie chats. And be sure to click that subscribe and share option at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And we'll catch you next episode. Bye, you guys. Which I'm excited for. (laughs) 